This is Hold Up AFK with Perdana and Kenny. Welcome back, everybody that made it to episode five. This is a milestone, right, Kenny? Milestone. Yep. Oh my yep, god, my yep. computer keeps on making these damn noises. Anyways, so yeah, welcome back to Hold Up AFK podcast, and um, it's I'm Perdana, and I'm here with Kenny. Like Kenny. we have on the intro of the podcast that I need to figure out how to play it live so we could hear it. But um, yeah, so how's everything going with you, man? Doing all right. Doing all right. This uh, fine week's starting pretty well. Hope it ends well. We're over the hump. Yeah, we, we just had a Memorial Day weekend. Shout out mm-hmm. to Captain America and all the other soldiers <laughs> out there defending our freedom from Hydra. <laughs> And Winter Soldier, you lost Winter your arm, Soldier. but we will forever Very remember lucky. you. And mm-hmm. Falcon, the first black Captain America, just like Obama was the first president. Wait, is, 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 is it established? Do you think it's established that Falcon is going to be Captain America? Yeah, in the MCU, what? he has the freaking shield. Okay, I thought they kind of just like left that to interpretation, but... No. So you think it's really going to... I think okay. it's happening. Okay, well, salute to... All our soldiers over there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I guess we'll go into our weekly. You know, we're going to, from the last episode, we're, we are uh, trying to be more organized so people could, uh, you know, skip certain parts or go to a certain spot on the podcast. But I know everybody loves watching it, right? I mean, listening to it. We had nine full listeners. <laughs> nine full listeners. Thank yeah, you, Russia. Yeah, Did thank you, uh, Russia. Pods. In Korean. Korea. Our, our number one Korean fan out there and um and the, all the Russian bots. But yeah, so we'll we'll do our weekly um of uh it's our weekly roundup of things we're hearing about the net, around the net. Oh god, I'm tongue tied. Um so Netflix has released their upcoming releases for June. So I'm just gonna go through that real quick. One of the main things that I saw on it was uh Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, June 26th, everyone. Oh, no so, way. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. If, so if you haven't seen it, you can see it on Netflix, June 26th. Um, another one is uh, Black Mirror Season 5, June 5th. Sweet. I love Sweet. Black Mirror. And the new one will have Falcon. Oh, Falcon. Speaking of Falcon. Um, and um, Scarlett Johansson is in it, right? Oh, she isn't. Is she? Oh no! Is it uh, Scarlet Witch? Maybe Scarlet it's her. Witch. Okay. Yeah. So that's coming out June fifth. We have uh, Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck It Ralph two, June eleventh. Um, and then Kenny's been talking to me about Evangelion. Is that how you say it? <clears throat> Excuse me. No, it's it's Evangelion. <laughs> Excuse <laughs> me. Well, Excuse I remember you. I was asking you like, oh, what's some good anime to watch? That's like mechs but not too humanoid you said you recommended that right but you said i probably won't like it because it looks humanoid you're a fan of the old uh mech warrior kind of mechs we're talking and metal gear okay metal gear original rex was metal gear rex yeah you're you're a fan of the bipedals yeah he's like the bipedal walkers slowly walking like the american (laughs) mechs the american mechs yeah, Yo. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> how dare you, American Max? No, dude. Dirt. Like, because to me, it's more realistic, dude. Like, 
it's uh, it's kind of cliche when it's like the human mechs and oh hey we're gonna be in the head because it's the head oh my god the heart of the mech got destroyed this is the main core you know it's just like right right if i, I get that mech, i get that I, if i was like making a mech i would put the most important shit on the bottom of its foot <laughs> it's like <laughs> you can't shoot it you know unless you sever its leg then i obviously yeah that would suck because then your well, mech would be destroyed. <laughs> the most important parts in the center of the body, just like your vital organs at the center of your body, you can protect okay, yourself. Yeah. All right, I guess God perfectly made um, you know, <laughs> humans. Um, Intelligent but, design. So, what do you think about there's so three this, that I have listed here Neon, Genesis, is, Death, and Mengelian. Yeah. This is a big deal, a very big deal, because this anime right here is probably responsible for saving the whole anime industry. Oh, Lord. I have no, no hyperbole. I'm oh serious. Oh, my gosh. All right. Because you can clearly see a difference between the animes that have been released before and after this. Okay. Like, it, it, it made. Anime... What, what makes it good? Like, I know you wanted to get that um, metal. What was that? That metal figure thing that you were talking about? Oh, the about? high metal? Oh, yeah. yeah. High metal? The high me- and ev- yeah, I bought and it. We'll eventually post it. all these things that we mentioned on our Instagram and blog. We haven't been active. I'm sorry. But <laughs> we will show you this. What was it? The, the high metal, right? Wait, you have it, the you high- said? I do have it. Oh, my I gosh. Do have it. And right. after you watch this, you will want to buy one of your own. Oh, Lord. Just like my uh, <laughs> um collection after I watch Brawly. But I'm not going to oh, get yeah. it. Oh, dude, you should totally get it. I'm not okay. get it, man. I'm, I'm still. I already. I dropped like how much already in a weekend to get. Dude, the, think, think the of Dragon this, Ball you're investing. You're investing in your son's college oh funds. Oh my gosh! Don't forget stocks. Oh my. Bye. Anyway, so back to <laughs> Evangelion. Is that how you say it? Evangelion. Evangelion. Okay. Well, speaking of son, I think he just woke up. But anyway, so so is this a recommended? Are these three titles? Um, yes, recommended. So I recommend to start with the Neon Genesis Evangelion. That's the very original anime run in the okay. early, late 90s. It's if you, how do I describe it? I personally hit me because it's the, probably the best representation of if you're, you're looking for realistic, right? If yeah. you were feeling depressed and the whole world's ending and it all depended on you to save the world. You would do exactly what everyone gives the main character a lot of flack for not getting in the giant, giant. Well, they're not really machines, but so it's not, is it like Gundam? It's not like Gundam, right? It's not, it, it's it. Eh, no, it's not like Gundam. But Gundam, it owes Gundam a lot of, oh my, it, it's a lot of what do you call it? But Gundam inspired this for sure, like oh, hidden okay. giant. They're not machines, and I don't want to give it away. Okay. So how about how about the other movies? Are they like is this is this a trilogy? So is there an actual show, or are these just movies? So they're continuations, but none of it will make sense unless you watch the original, which is Neon. Neon Genesis. Okay. So from Neon, then you watch which one? The Death True Squared. Is that what it is? The end of Endgame. Okay. The end. And then yeah. death is that death true squared is that what it, the next one is? Honestly, I don't know how to say it, but it's just yeah, I think that's how you say it. <laughs> all right, so those are all coming out on the twenty first. Kenny swears mm-hmm. by it. You know, it, it saved the it. anime industry. So you guys need to pay um, homage to your saviors. 
if you guys watch anime out there and watch mm-hmm. them. It comes out June 21st. Um, and then other Netflix stuff, uh, I put Scare Tactics. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Have you ever seen that? Why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> it's an elaborate prank show where they use like, okay, so one of them was like, um, they, so they get like an insider guy, right? And then mm-hmm. he brings his friend over and then one of them was like, he, they're driving in the desert and then um, their car breaks down and then all of a sudden they have like this bright spotlight and then the alien comes and starts banging on the door and, and breaking the windows and one of the actors like gets pulled out and gets killed and then uh <laughs> and then and then at the end the host or and then at the end the friend goes are you scared and then the friend would be like yeah what the fuck is going on you shouldn't be because you're on scare tactics and all these people come out you know it's so funny so i think this is that show but i don't know why it says seasons four and five because i looked on on netflix seasons one and two isn't there but is it um, an old show? Yeah, it's an old show. So I don't think it's wait, the wait, same. Is this one I don't the same. Shannon Doherty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The original and then the next the later seasons is by Tracy Morgan. Ah, uh, um, okay. I do remember this show. Yeah. It was I, I always made yeah, I always made fun of it because like if you were like a robber or something or like a killer in real life, you know, you could like stab somebody and everyone freaks out and then and then you just say is everybody scared? You're on scare tactics. And then everyone's like, oh, shit, you got me. And then you just run away, you know, and then you get away with the perfect crime. <laughs> so that's coming out June 29th. And then I think Marvel Jessica Jones season three had a release date, but I didn't put I it here. I think they're all canceled. Are they all no, canceled? No, so season three does have a release date. That's Netflix, or that's Marvel's final release on Netflix. And I, what about Punisher? I thought it was another Punisher one. No, Punisher's canceled. Jessica Jones was already made, I think, and now they're releasing it. So that's coming out, I think, June 16th or something. I'll have to check. But those are the ones on Netflix coming out. We have stuff that are leaving Netflix. So a lot of it is Disney shows or Disney movies, Guardians of the Galaxy, Jungle Book, Fox and the Hound, 101 Dalmatian, uh, Goofy Disney Movie. Because Disney's no, having their own streaming. Movie. Yeah, they have their own streaming service. I put Doom on there because it's a it's a cool movie with The Rock. Um, yeah. I Am Legend. I don't know why I put Jason X, Kill Bill, and Legally Blonde. I know my wife likes to watch that. So <laughs> I put that on there. But did you say Doom? You said you like Doom? Yeah. Doom? With The Rock. Yes, with The Rock. Dude. What? That movie you didn't like whack. it? How dare no, you? It was whack. It was total whack. Okay, I it was nothing. It. First of all, it was nothing like the video game. And ex- well, they had this one that part where the first person shooter part. You remember yeah. that scene? Those well, I think it's because I watched it when I was so young, and um, I don't really. I you know Doom back in the day didn't have. Okay, sorry, our our guest is texting me, but um, no, because you know before the Doom games, there wasn't really a yeah. story. It was like all eight bit, and yeah. then this Doom came out, and then. We were like, oh but my Doom god, it's badass. 3. Okay, so around this time, Doom 3 came out. Doom was 3. It? Remember Doom 3? Yeah, Doom 3. And I remember looking at Doom 3 and like and looking at the movie and like, damn, the video game looks better than the movie. Oh, okay. Sorry guys. Okay. I'll I'll delete that from leaving Netflix and we'll <laughs> So don't watch <laughs> Doom. I thought it was cool. I remember the only movie that sucked that was a video game representation that I actually watched in the theater was um that shooting one, House of the Dead. 
That's the dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, from Sega. Oh my okay, god, look, dude. Look. It had random movie <laughs> scenes. That's the only reason why it made it, you know, because it had random like <laughs> topless scenes. Like it was so funny, but <laughs> it was a shitty ass movie because they actually put cuts of the video game scenes in the movie, dude. I was like, what the no hell? Way. There's like a weird like polygon 3D render of zombies <laughs> in the middle of like fight <laughs> scenes. I'm just like, all right. And then they would cut it to like some booby scene. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell I'm watching, but I was like a teenager or I don't know how I, how old I was. And I was like, yeah, boobies. But then, yeah, it was pretty shitty. So luckily that's not coming to Netflix, everybody. But Doom is leaving Netflix. Um, so I don't know if you should watch that. Kenny said you shouldn't. Mm-hmm. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is leaving Netflix. So Damn. watch those movies that- if you guys want to watch it because by June 1st, they're going to start trickling out. And uh, yeah, that's so that's... Yeah. Those are everything on Netflix. There's a lot more, but that's like our main highlights. Isn't it surprising to you that most of the Disney movies are coming away, but they're still putting a new Disney movie on there? I think maybe because there's like contracts, you Probably. know, and, and Disney uh, and Disney has to fulfill their contracts. So I assume that's why like Jessica Jones is coming out still. And Ralph breaks the internet. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Disney, huh? Yep. Okay. So, what do we have next on our? Let's see. We're gonna talk what about uh, National Corgi oh. Run. All right, Kenny. I don't. Yes. I don't have anything on this, so it's all you. So uh, we live in Los Angeles, and there's been controversy about surrounding the Santa Anita racetrack, and many horses have died. And apparently, oh. what they did—I didn't even know about this—but they have this thing called uh, a Corgi Run. And it took place over at the Santa Anita racetrack. So they replaced the horses with corgis. Corgis. So it's exactly what it is, what it sounds like. Imagine 10 corgis lined up in a row. Oh, Lord. And, and they're all wearing like cute little, cute little T-shirts with, our, with numbers on it. And they do like a countdown and they start running. And little corgis just running down the field. The most adorable thing ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> So uh, is that what they're going to indefinitely do is replace horses with corgis? I think this was just a one-time thing. I'm not sure. I, I haven't done more news on it, but from what I've heard is now there's a lot of morbid jokes out there saying all those corgis have died now. And made it <laughs> to glue. So rest in peace, the horses and corgis of Santa Anita Racetrack. And by the way, they have the 66 market there sometimes. Good food. So <laughs> check that out, guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, what else oh, okay so last weekend i saw brightburn because my sister wanted huh. to watch a horror movie nice. and i was nice, like hey nice. this is a horror movie that came out and uh you know what i like it it was more like a slasher like, i don't like movie, superhero though. movies i don't like superhero movies i want to watch a horror movie and you're like oh perfect i like superhero movies and you like horror movies <laughs> perfect, perfect mix you know what that's the thing like I wanted, I you know, I always like those what if comics in mm-hmm. uh, Marvel, and this mm-hmm. is pretty much a what if story of Superman. So, okay, um, I think you mentioned it before. It, you you mentioned Irredeemable, so yep. it's kind of like that too, where the wrong person came to the wrong house, I suppose, and not so like. It's pretty much the same Superman story. This child comes down, 
and then the yeah. parents are just normal parents, you know, okay. and they're going through normal everyday life stuff where you go to school and then your kid gets bullied, you don't know about it, and all this shit happens. He's learning about stuff. And unfortunately, he's a superhero and he knows that he can't get killed. He knows he has super strength. And when the time comes, when all these bullies come, um, or he wasn't a bully, it was just like one of the girls got scared of him. And then he, he, it was crazy. So this is going to be spoilers, 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 spoilers. Spoiler, um, spoiler. He breaks the girl's arm. He breaks the girl's hand. It's fucking crazy. That was in dude. the trailer. That was in the trailer. Yeah, but you see it. You see it like he squishes it, breaks, and then he and then he bends it and he snaps oh, it. Oh, like wait, so, wait, wait, the other way in the other direction. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so and he does some other stuff too. Pretty much, if you watch the trailers, it gave away all the movie, but then the movie adds the extreme part to it. So, okay. um, but here's yeah. the thing: in Irredeemable, you can slowly see the character fall yeah. into madness and so evil, and like, you they, get that. But I feel like you don't get that here, from what yeah. I've heard. Is that true? Yeah, the, I think it's because it was on a budget. It was seven million to produce, and I think they just the screenplay wasn't hashed out too well. I think it was just like a elevator pitch, and then it was like, oh, we, I like it. Let's make the story now, you know. And it wasn't really thought out because, like, you could tell they were they were kind of teasing with that about like how he's struggling um, to go good or bad, and he's kind of like trying to deal with his like um, newfound powers, but. Mm-hmm. It it didn't execute it well enough because like pretty much there was like one scene where the dad okay so they think he's like going through puberty right so then the dad talks right. to him about like oh you know your body's changing blah 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 and then the next thing you know he super speeds to the house of his the girl that he likes and freaks her out you know like there wasn't really and that was like the only time you see that he ex- he expresses interest in her and I, maybe like one more other scene. But there was no buildup, you know? So it was everything was expected. Like, oh, this person made this comment. So then you expect, oh, this person's going to die. Oh, that person did this. Okay, that person's going to die, you know? Uh, so it's pretty predictable. Yeah, it's pretty predictable. I guess the only cool part was like the gory death scenes. Um, it's not as bad as Mortal Kombat fatalities, <laughs> but Mortal Kombat fatalities is CG, obviously. And this, like, so one of the scenes is like, he uh, picks up a car, his uncle's car really high and then drops him. And then he wasn't wearing a seatbelt and he smashes his jaw onto the steering wheel and then it cut and then it breaks off his lower jaw. Dang. And then when the kid like is walking towards him, he's trying to like hold his jaw together on his mouth and eventually he dies. So those are the three gory kills you'll see in them. And then the trailer with what the, the lady. Yeah, that was the death. The death in the trailer is pretty much how it ended in the movie. So those are the three deaths that you see in the movie or the three gory parts. And then I just spoiled the whole movie for you. So <laughs> now you guys don't have to see it. Oh, thank um, you. My but then they teased, um, they teased a Wonder Woman bad guy because like he there's like a meteor fall. Right. And then at okay. one scene, the mom is like researching and she's like, oh, you know, what happened during this date when I found my son? And then you see like six other meteors and at the very end it shows like six people like six crazy people it was like an alex jones guy he was on youtube mm-hmm. talking about oh there's other freaks out there you know there's this lady with a rope that strangles people there's a guy that could talk to fish and make them attack you and blah 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 blah. 
and then the movie ends, you know, so. Oh, so they never actually show them. Yeah, they just show like cartoon drawings, like conspiracy drawings, you know, like uh-huh. what you'd see with on Alex Jones' channel. And that was pretty yeah. much the end of that teaser. So, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, if you guys want to watch like a, if it's on Netflix or somewhere, you know, it, it'd be a good watch to see it once. But yeah, I would save your money. Watch Endgame. Okay. Re- rewatch <laughs> Endgame, you know. For the fourth time. Yep. And or then watch uh, Pikachu. Or yeah, and then so and then okay, so the, our next th- bullet point here is Pokemon Home. I just put uh, this on here. Yes, did, did yes. you see that? So I I'm a big that. Pokemon fan, even though I didn't collect a bunch of cards and even though I didn't so play you're not Pokemon, a Pokemon games. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not, not a Pokemon I'm, fan. I'm I'm Gen One Pokemon <laughs> fan, okay, because I collected a bunch of Gen One cards. And from the games that I did finish, so Pokemon Home, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, Pokemon Home is a thing where you could collect Pokemon from different games and house them in this application, and then you could transfer yeah. them over to other applications. Is that what I'm understanding? So it, it's pretty vague, but the way to think about it is like more, more mostly a cloud service, but they're they're using the Pokemon brand to give you sell you these things that seem kind of fishy. Like uh, it's not really a game, but more of a service. Yeah. That makes sense. So they have yeah. these things. What did they announce? They announced like Pokemon Sleep, Pokemon. Oh, I didn't see those other ones. Yeah, there's more than that. So from what I gather, there's uh, so Pokemon. They didn't, so they announced a whole slew of things that under the Pokemon uh, umbrella. Uh-huh. And it just sounds strange to me because they're not games. Wait, do you have to pay for this services? They haven't announced anything either. They haven't announced anything. They just announced that this is it and more, more information to come. I see. uh, From what? Well, I put this bullet point there because it would be cool to have all your, because from what they said is you get this app, you have all your Pokemon there and then People that have the app could also trade directly, and then after they trade, then you could transfer it over to your games or whatever. That's from yeah, what I understand. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I mean, that's it's pretty like, cool. It's like you know when you play the game, there's like a PC that you could store your yeah. Pokemon into the oh, game. Oh, so, so that's like it. how they were thinking to do. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I no, like that's that. perfect because like then that. you transfer all your Pokemon from whatever version you had into uh-huh. Pokemon Home. I want to say the new version of the game comes out. So instead of going around hunting for that same Pokemon again and catching that, you can just directly download it from your Pokemon bank. Nice. See, so I'm, I'm excited for that. So we'll, I guess we'll just wait. Maybe it's going to come out when Sword and Shield comes out. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I guess we'll wait till we hear more, hear more info of, on it. You heard of this thing called Pokemon Plus Plus? <laughs> I have that, I think. On the Pokemon no, no, you're... No, it's called the Pokemon Go Plus Plus. There's, I know about Plus. What's Plus Plus? Plus Plus is to track your sleep. <laughs> oh my God! You know what? Down- you know what? I download that though. <laughs> oh yeah, I know you are. I know I am. <laughs> Dude, I love Pokemon. Okay, just because I don't collect all the cards doesn't mean I'm a Pokemon fan, all right? <laughs> just casual, just a casual Pokemon fan. Yeah, sorry, all right, but I'm stoked for anything Pokemon related. I always buy all the new Pokemon games. Go up to like the third gym badge and. Like, oh, okay. I've playing. seen it all. <laughs> uh, but, but let's speculate that on that. Because Pokemon Sleep, it's really all what they say it is. It's really to improve your sleep pattern mm-hmm. to help you sleep. 
Well, just the way that Pokemon Go was designed to get you to go out and exercise. Oh my god. One sleep is going to help you sleep. I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to make Digglypuff sing you to sleep. I I know it. Oh, they're going to do that. She has to be the face. Yeah, I don't know how. But the tracker, too. So it's interesting. Because they also said at the time, do you remember when Pokemon, um, the Heart Silver or Heart Gold or remember remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then it came with a pedometer. Oh my, no, I don't remember that. Okay, so the pedometer at the time was a Pokemon brand pedometer, but it was the most, it was considered the most accurate uh, consumer-grade pedometer on the market at that time. So their sleep tracker that they're going to put out for Pokemon Sleep is probably going to have that same level of quality. But I think in terms of sleep tracking, this might be a really good sleep tracker and a good value. Okay, so... So... We have that coming out. We have the Pokemon Home coming out, and then Sword and Shield. You know, I think there's a lot of Pokemon stuff coming out, and I've been getting oh, into yeah. Pokemon Go. So, all you Pokemon <laughs> fans out there, you guys should be excited. Hopefully, you guys are. I know fanatics usually, if they don't get their way, they get kind of mad if it's not you know what they envision. You know, mm-hmm. wink, wink, Diablo fans. But uh, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Uh, what other stuff comes out, you know, we'll, we'll report on it and talk about it. And then, uh, so last thing is Death Stranding. I didn't, yes. I don't know much about it, so you need to tell me about it. Okay, earlier you said you were a fan of Metal Gear, so you should definitely oh, yes. be excited for this. So I, The only thing I know is um, that guy from Walking Dead's in it, and he's naked, and there's babies. Uh, Norman Reedus with his fetus. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Baby fetuses and all this weird stuff. I haven't seen the trailer yet, so tell oh, me. you have it? No, tell me, tell me what's exciting. Is it a gameplay trailer? Uh, yes, they showed a lot of gameplay trailer, but not only that, they revealed a release date. So okay. it's really exciting because this game, as much as they've shown, is still surrounded in mystery, and people still have no idea that's good. what this game is about. That's good. You know, but, that's it's like movies where they don't they don't show you everything from the trailer. I think that's cool that they did that. And then, yeah, I think it's great. I think the marketing here is great. It's like in, every time they release a trailer, even though they show more of it, uh-huh. you get even more intrigued. I think this is, this is amazing what they've done. And they've announced special editions. And it looks like you can... Oh, have you seen this? Death Stranding Collector's Edition? No. Let me let me Google it right now. What is it? I, I will link is it, it to you both. Yes, it's a fetus. Oh, my God. Let me see. <laughs> well, not a fetus. a baby. You get, you get, uh, I can't click on this thing right here. Well, the oh, thing yeah, is, what's, go, cool, what's cool about this game is the premise is there are walls. It's America, right? You're in America in the future, distant future, could be in the near future. Don't, we don't know. But this is from what I've gathered. There's, there's walls around surrounding each city in America, and you're, you're this guy named Sam Porter Bridges, and you're trying to connect all the cities. And the way you do it is you just go traveling for some reason. You just go traveling around. You're like an Amazon. Oh my god! It is a high. It is a freaking fetus. Yeah, it's the BB pod. It looks like a uh, just... the fetus. It looks like a uh, the mosquito in that jar in Jurassic Park <laughs> in amber. <laughs> okay, so, so I don't, continue. I just... Yeah. So you think it's like a guy who's connecting the cities? 
That's what that's what that's what Kojima straight up told us, everyone. This is what it's about. Uh, okay. But the gameplay, I'm we're not sure because there's if you see if you keep, if you watch the trailer, there's there's sections where he goes into the past and he's and you're you're in World War One and you're fighting alongside a tank and just shooting things. Oh, it's crazy. And then there's Guillermo del Toro at... in this. And, what? And he has like, yeah, Guillermo del Toro's in this. Oh, I need to look at the scar across right now. That's crazy. Yeah, I need to check this yeah. trailer out. So you need to check it out. But I'm be, check be prepared out. to go down a rabbit hole because you will be struggling to make sense of it all, and you just want more. more. Oh my lord! <laughs> all right, I'm gonna <laughs> check this trailer out, and then uh, yeah. So, oh shoot, oh, sorry, my my son's yelling because he wants to see the trailer too, but. Um, not for kids, not for kids. <laughs> not for kids, but yeah. So this is our uh, our weekly that we're doing, and we're also changing up the format on today's episode. We're going to bring a guest. So our mm-hmm. guest, um, uh, I guess we'll transition into that. So we're here with our first guest ever on the podcast. It's a close buddy of mine, Dale. Hello. Everybody, let's clap. Let's clap, people. Come on. Come on, Kenny. Clap. <laughs> so, um, welcome, Dale, to our fifth podcast. You're our first ever uh, guest, dude. Ooh, thank you. I'm so honored. Don't lie to me, Dale. You never even listened to our <laughs> podcast. How could you, how could, I didn't even know you had one. How could you be honored? <laughs> <laughs> so you but, invited me to be your first guest. Oh, there you go. Good good save. But, um, but yeah, so... You are our first guest because um, we we end our podcast with um, quotes from Quora. And last week, oh, I forgot what it was. What was it, Kenny? Last week was like... We a- were talking about the gaming industry and how basically what it was like for outsiders looking in. And now we have an insider. Oh. What Renata tells me. Yeah. Secrets. In the industry. So... <laughs> Tell us uh, a bit about your background, and you're not just some random dude that we pulled off the street. Uh, well, I've been in the game industry for like 10 years. Uh, I've worked for wow. various companies from like small scale to big scale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I haven't, I'm not like crazy or anything like that. I'm not, I'm not crazy good or anything like that. I'm just, you know, I'm there. I'm present. It happens. Yeah, you're good, man. You're good. Because, um, <laughs> Because I went to college with you, and your background was in uh, environmental props. I'm not yeah, mistaken. Like, yeah, like CG art and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then the modeling um, and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then, and then um, from there, you pursued just in, in in any other. How how does it work? So tell us how how it works. Like when you want to get started, like. Well, for me, process. it was. Uh, well, for me, I always liked games, so I always wanted to. I always knew I wanted to be part of making games. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I went like you said, I went to art school and I did all that stuff. But then, turns out I suck at art. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> how I found it in, in is through like QA, and that's kind of okay. like the 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 lowest of the low on the totem pole that you can get probably. <laughs> But it's uh, it's not the lowest, right? Because you could you well, could it's rank considered up the, from QA, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's considered the lowest of the low, just because of of how it's thought of, right? You're the one that's telling devs that their stuff's broken, right? Okay. 
So okay. no one really cares about what you have to say for the for for the most part. At some places, I mean, there's there's exceptions to every every rule, but you're you're kind of just a cog in the machine. And usually, when project budget and stuff gets cut, you're usually the first ones to go. I see. Well, why would they do that? Because you're so you're important. Because when the first things that people complain about in games are the bugs. Yeah, and well, and the thing about that too is like, like knowing what I know from the game industry, right? Is that that the company even knew about those bugs, right? And they, they, we call them KSs, right? No, and that's known shippables. So they just know and they ship with it anyway. I mean, all we can do is just say that your 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 shit's <laughs> broken, and then whether they listen to you or not is another thing. Um, so that's what I I fight for at my companies, and that. I've really become good at is being like, look, so, this is the way it is. You have to listen to me because <laughs> I so, know. So what's some examples of uh known, what is it? Known shippable? Yeah. Well, so like, like, you know, like uh, most, the most games that have a lot of bugs that uh, recently have been like the Assassin's Creed games, right? Like those are really, those are pretty, bad. yeah, those are pretty bad <laughs> when they come up and, and they're pretty glaring stuff. Um, so it's most likely that those were probably found and they decided that it was it might have been found late in the development cycle, yeah. like close to the release date. So they just decided to ship with it. Um, and that's that's something that happens a lot. But then also it's it's entirely possible that uh, the your your specs on your computer, right? Because like every computer is different. No computer is exactly the same. Oh, yeah. So so building a game for PC is is really difficult because then you have to have thousands of, of video cards and processors and computers. And then you have to have like, just see if what works on there and stuff like that. So that's pretty difficult too. That's like something that I'm learning that's difficult, especially like with like Android uh, mobile devices, right? Cause there's 60,000 different Android devices and, and that's insane. Right. And they're all different. They're all, knockoffs of each other <laughs> for, for the most part so like you can't really you can't really account for the end user right you can account for your kind of lab conditions and guess what's going to happen but for the most part it's it's kind of a guess i see hmm. so but going back to known shippables i just yeah. want to know what's like a what's a tolerable level well see that depends right like it tolerable to to like a tester would be something like they're called tester bugs, like something like you smash all the buttons for like a really long time and then the game crashes. Well, it's like, okay, probably players aren't going to be smashing all the buttons all the time. So that's okay to ship with that kind of a thing. Oh, so you, you kind of account like what it takes to get to replicate. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like how many times can, are, are you able to reproduce the issue? How many times, um, like how easy is it to get? Is it something uh, like on the main story like path or is it kind of something in the corner of the world somewhere that most people probably won't go to um so you kind of have to like take all that kind of stuff into account and for prioritization of those issues Mm -hmm. um so like acceptable level to me would probably be as long as it doesn't break the game completely like maybe you become invincible or something or uh the game crashes Though, like, if it doesn't do those things, then it's probably okay. Like, if you fall through the world, that sucks. But if you can, if if just restarting the game fixes it, 
or reloading, it, 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 it's okay. it becomes more okay. So when you see people say game-breaking bugs, those are the ones that you're trying to find. Yeah, and, and, and different people have different um, definitions of what game-breaking is, too. So it just depends on the studio and, and who you're talking to at that studio, even. I see. So do... You, do so when you say the studio, does every studio have a certain standard? Is that what you're saying? Kind of. Yeah, like most studios will have their level of acceptable criteria for things. And, you know, it's the people that you work with. I mean, every every like lead designer is going to be different. Every uh, art lead is going to be different. So like what's important to them may be different than what was important to like the last art designer or, or art um, director kind of thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then, and for console games, there is a uh, set of standards for like the consoles. Like Sony has its own set of standards that you have to apply to, and it's mostly around like you know when you press the home button, what does that look like? What how do you display oh. their their buttons in the game? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And so like when when games are created, they have to be submitted to Sony or Nintendo or Microsoft, and they have to they run their they're called they used to be called TCRs, which is like technical something requirements. And then you, <laughs> and, and they don't give you like a book of like, these are the requirements. You kind of just have to figure them out as a company as you go through. And then they'll fail uh-huh. you for certain things. Like for the, when I used to test on the Wii, they would fail us for the pixels uh, size of the Nintendo logo on the, on the splash screen. So it's oh, like, wow. it gets, it gets even crazy like that. And it's Nintendo was the most difficult to deal with just because all of their gimmicks Insider and stuff. Scoop, but... people. Insider scoop people. Insider scoop right there. <laughs> it sounds like they're just trying to control their branding. Not, yeah, and that, and that's basically, yeah, and that's basically what it is. But like also when you're messing with that stuff, right? Because a, a, a game is basically like a house of cards. It's all code built on top of other code built on top of other code. So, I mean, changing something like that Nintendo logo could have repercussions throughout the rest of the game if you're changing it. Oh, wow. So like, that. so like a code can affect gameplay just because it's oh, something yeah. in the front? Yeah, even like recently on like one of my projects that I'm working at, like at work, we had, we, we changed just like the camera position of yeah. of the game on, on one spot and then it had effects throughout like a lot of the game and caused some problems for us that we had to go through it. It, it turned, it turned a, what was supposed to be like a 10 minute fix into like, a two-day fix. Wow. I see. What do you do in that situation when you find those things? You just bring it up and you say, hey, this is a lot worse than you thought. And then, the, and then you tell the person that told you it was going to be easy and you tell them, see, this is why we don't do things at the last minute. <laughs> oh, my Lord. So, <laughs> so right now, because you're working at, uh, you used to work at Red 5. Yes. Konami. Yes. And, um, now you're working at a place that's strictly for Android, right? No, it's it's Android and iOS. It's mobile games oh, okay. right it's now mobile that games. I'm working in. Yeah. So, is it what what's what's it like from working from uh, like major studios like Konami, and then is Red Five? Is that more like a indie? Yeah. Thing? So yeah. So there there there's things right. They're called there's production studios, and then there's like developers. Like Konami is a is a production studio, right? They'll they'll 
or a publisher, right? They'll pub they publish other people's games. So you're kind of working for Konami to to get another developer's game out the door under your brand, kind of. Okay. Um, so those places are that's where you kind of start out as a tester, and they suck. They are like thirty people working all at the same time, uh, with like kind of not great conditions. I mean, you're you're pretty close together, like shoulder to shoulder with the person next to you and sharing computers and trying to find you're, you're kind of graded on the scale of like how many bugs do you put in a day? Because that's kind of how the, 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 um, what's it called? The publisher grades your worth as a, as a person is how, how many bugs do you put in? I mean, they don't care about necessarily the quality of them or like if you're, if you're duplicating a lot of other bugs that are already in there. Um, a lot of the people don't even really know what's going on with, with each other, right? They don't talk to each other. There's no really communication across the thing. Um, and then you get siloed in and it's like, it sounds like a call center almost. Yeah. Yeah. It it is basically like a call center. you like I, I had a situation once where uh, my boss had called me and was like, hey, I noticed you haven't written bugs in a couple of days. And I was like, yeah, because you have me recording videos for the localization people. And he's like, oh, yeah. So it's like he didn't even know what he told me to do. <laughs> so, oh, my God. This is over at the Konami spot? The, the yeah, that was, it. that was at area? Konami. Um, oh, okay. They even had a day like where, where the, AC, the, um, the AC broke and it was in the summertime in L.A., it was it was and it was it wasn't just that the AC was broken is that the heater was stuck to on. Oh, my so it God. got make and they didn't even they made you work through that day. Like they would give you breaks every so often. But that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it's also a minimum wage job for the most oh, part. Um, you get like you get they incentivize you. If not really. No, bugs, there's there's no no, there's no more pay for more bugs. There's no yeah. bonuses. There's no uh profit sharing usually it's just it's it's an entry-level job you are just a number to them at, at that point and i don't know if it's the same for everywhere but if, if, in my experience in the in the couple places that i have worked like that that that's what it's like and you're just kind of there and they're kind of an at-will employee so they can fire you whenever they want because they figure they can just get anyone off the street to do your job yeah. um so that's kind of where you start, and that's kind of where you 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 <laughs> you learn how to become a QA tester. <laughs> um, so, so from from um, Konami, and you're in this like environment where there's just like a bunch of people. You're working in like a factory, not factory, but like yeah, I would say yeah, kind of yeah. like it's a, a what is that? <laughs> like a assembly line, right? Yeah, where everyone's yeah. kind of like replaceable, and then so you go to, from there to Red Five, which is more like a indie. Right. So it's like a developer, indie. right? So you, a developer, like a, okay. A, a developer has a lot more freedom of like who they're employing and who they're like. They don't they don't necessarily just look for someone off the street. They look for someone that's kind of fits within their culture and that that um, can really help with their project for the most part. Um, so that's how like so I got into Red Five with with some from from some people I knew. Um, and that place was was really cool. I got I got I learned a whole lot of things. That was my first time working in PC games, um, and there was a lot to that that I didn't even know um, about, like PC gaming or like the industry well, in general. Just just the like you know like all the stuff I was talking about earlier about you know you can't really account for everyone's computer. You have oh to, yeah, yeah. 
parts. And I mean, for the most part, you kind of just ignore that and you just kind of work with what you have and then uh, just build off that. Um, see. But like, How yeah, those that's... folks get reported. Like if you get uh, different PCs and. Yeah. So if, if it was from a specific PC, because um, for the most part in the studio, everyone had the same type of computer. So uh, if, if you could get it on your computer, the chances are they could get it on theirs. But if it was performance related, we had to say, like, these are the, these are the specs of the computer that we were using. Um, but they also, like, the engineers wrote us a lot of code for that um, to where if you were in the game, you just type, like, a command, and then it would dump all that information into a log that you would just attach to the bug. Um, so you're not necessarily writing all of that yourself. Um, and they, you know a lot of quality of life improvements there too. Like they listen to you a lot more. They they value your input, um, and you have more chances to affect change and more places to move up. Like you can't really move up at a publisher. You can, but it's like a lot harder because there's a yeah. lot of like clicks and yeah. who's who's bureaucracy red tape type deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's really and and yeah, I would say those um, those people are kind of a little bit um, different in their methods of management and things like that so you hear um, that people work for a developer and not a publisher right <laughs> we'll see like for me though like right when, I, when i'm looking at well now like because i i hire people now and stuff like that that i look at it to make sure they did their time right yeah <laughs> i don't want to just hire During some stripes yeah i don't want to <laughs> hire some fresh out of college kid into a, a dev studio because they won't know how good they have it because yeah, then you true. do get these situations where people complain about some like very minimum menial like stupid things and you're like do you understand what's happening right now like <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so it's, it's it's always fun to see this be like oh you're just a baby you don't know so know nothing so when you okay so when you hire people from uh do you hire people specifically from um uh from publishers or do you as long as no, they I mean, their resume so, you know how yeah, like people when they work they say like your job is pretty much like whoever you know gets you in and then yeah and that's definitely know. the case for for a big portion of it the game industry is really small that's like one thing i've learned uh working in here for as long as i have because i see people at different companies all the time that i've met i've seen before oh. and then you know and they and so if you if you make an impression on somebody good or bad, right, that's gonna get carried through, uh, like when you're hiring other people, because you can you can ask around at your company because uh-huh. chances are there's someone that worked at Konami or someone worked at Square, and then they can tell you like, oh yeah, I worked with that person. I can tell you, uh, I didn't really like that person or He's that, an that person. Yeah, or <laughs> that person was really cool. So I'll uh, so go ahead and 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 move forward with that guy. So or girl. Um, and that helps a lot too, but like, I don't always look for, uh, game industry experience. Um, mm-hmm. like, you know, there's equivalent experiences out there. There's lots of like, um, like Western digital and stuff. They have testers over there for like their, pro- their, um, their hard drives and stuff like that. There's, there's lots of, and, and for entry level too, right? Like I don't necessarily, I mean, that like the old way of me saying like, oh, yeah, I don't want someone who never worked at a publisher before. Like that was the old me kind of. And kind of now yeah. I'm just looking for good people. And as long as they're good, then I'll give them a shot. I don't I don't see why not. Yeah. So it sounds like you're looking for people with detail oriented. Yeah, know, the, the main piece of advice that I can give to anyone who's ever 
applying anywhere. There you go. Is, write is, notes, everyone. Write notes. <laughs> Take your notes. Is, is don't speak in generalities. Like I want you to be specific and give examples of this things. This is for like QA, right? No, that's for anything. Oh, yeah. For anything. Yeah. Like there's these, there's a couple books about it and stuff that you're looking for people like that, like, uh, a and B players usually talk about results and outcomes and uh, C and D and F people usually talk about um, very broad subjects or like, Oh, the people there were cool. So like, that's the thing that I don't, I don't want to hear oh, when see. I'm interviewing people. And then same thing, like I want people who, who want to make games. Cause there's like two types. There's people that like to play games and people who like to make games. I don't want someone who wants to play games because then they don't really have a lot of ambition most for the most part. And they're just kind of, they're not passionate about what they're doing. They just like playing. And I want someone that likes to make the games because it's very, it's a lot, it's a lot different. You you feel a lot more personal to like, to the project. So when you, when, when, uh, would you say that uh, if someone likes to make the game, there's also a specific area that, that they would probably enjoy because like for me right like um like i program but then i i think about it sometimes like do i want to do something that's like my hobby and then my craft at the same time you know like yeah yeah for gaming maybe i would do something like i don't know like voice acting or something different you know but like you know like because the way i i mean i guess where i'm going with this is like when you make a game, don't just think about like, um, um, like coding the game together, right? Because there's a lot of aspects to making. Yeah, a game, and like right? when I say make, like likes to make games, I don't mean like in the literal sense of like you make games. Like, I, in the sense of like you want to be part of the process, you want to be involved the production in like, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah like n- not necessarily I can code or anything like that. Like I want you to be passionate about games. Like what what you like about them, what you don't like about them. You can speak yeah. to designs. You can talk about like art direction and stuff like that. I want you to kind of be like, you know, versed in that kind right. of thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So let's, let's, uh, let's dive into some of the, 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 the social aspect of working at the a gaming industry. Cause like that's, that, that was the core question that we got from before. Um, I think it was like regarding, um, let me see the show. I think I have from previous show notes, but um, they were talking about all the negative aspects about it. Yeah, like how? Because okay, here, here's the here's the question that we had from last week: Is the gaming industry as bad as some people say? What's true about it? Is it worth it? So that's that's the question that sparked us to have you on the show. So what what what's so I think, stuff that you could say regarding that? Question? So I, I think that maybe this question is going on like all that stuff that's going around. Kotaku and I like all those other articles about like people are working overtime and right and I feel like so crunch is part of the game industry I think I mean and it's I so personally I think some of these people are being (laughs) whiny bitches about a lot of stuff because like uh, it crunch what are you talking about the The, the people that are complaining to Kotaku or the are the writers that are kind of like ins- well the writers like, have no context it, right the yeah. writers for the most part are are just 
uh, journalists, right? They don't, they don't work here. They don't know. Yeah. Um, so it's very enticing for people to see that, oh, people are being overworked and it's like, well, is it really overworking or is it it not right? There's, there's laws in place in California that, and that's where most of the game studios are, is that, that prevent you from working people too much without paying them. Um, and, uh, like where I'm at, most people are salary, but they are paid a very, uh, good wage to do what they're doing. Um, I mean, and, and, you know, for a certain part, you should want to make sure your game succeeds. You should want to, to make sure that things are going right. And yeah. I think it's, it, it's one thing when you have to work, uh, crunch because the, director or whoever keeps adding stuff to the game right but it's another thing if if you were kind of slacking or fucking off through the whole time so now the project is paying because you maybe weren't doing as good yeah. as you should have so there's there's context to every situation that i think that we don't get from those articles um and i mean and chances are i don't know like i feel like if you're going to a a, a news outlet to complain to something you're probably not a good employee <laughs> so, so but that's the thing so like are is the game industry almost like the tech industry where they incentivize people with like the cereal bar and people get to like hang out at lunch and do all this stuff and then because i feel like the people that are complaining are the ones that are like like enjoying all those kind of amenities and not yeah. there to work because at the same time at the end of the day it's a place to work you know like yeah you're yeah and i think that's a, a, a forgotten a lot game, you know yeah and it's like you are making games so it is fun and it should be fun but yeah. also it is work at the end of the day um i think a lot of people forget that um and then even like uh you know, i can't speak for all companies but some most companies do have like amenities for the for the employees to have while they're there, like food and stuff like that. And like, and even my place, like overtime doesn't happen that much at all. And when it does, like they're more than accommodating, they order us dinner, they make sure that we're getting food and stuff like that, and that we're getting the support that we need to, to get everything done. And I mean, I think that, and I think that's good enough. I don't, if it was every day, then maybe then that would become a problem. But then I think there's also labor laws that protect against that kind of stuff. So if their company is breaking labor laws, that's a different issue. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to crunch, what's like for you guys, what, what's usually responsible for that? Uh, so company, yeah. it's usually deadlines. It's like, oh, we have to get this out. But like, since our, our team is pretty small of testers, we won't find issues till probably like later in the cycle so that we'll have to stick around and have um while the the devs fix the issue and make us our build uh then we can get testing on it right away as soon as they're done but i mean it doesn't i mean we're talking like we don't really go past like 10 o'clock um at that place so it's not crazy um i have worked at other places till like 6 a.m though and but i mean as a tester that's that's not necessarily working that's just waiting for builds to to be delivered to you so you can look at them i see so so what are like so we know like from kotaku they might they might kind of exaggerate some you know their stories from people that are just disgruntled but what are some like like some do you have any uh horror stories or anything that you've heard or seen 
in the no, I mean, industry? I no, I don't. I don't. I mean, I'm pretty thankful for like all the experiences that I've had. I mean, during the the, the time, they may have seemed pretty bad. Like like when I worked for Red Five, there was we were owned by a Chinese company that was kind of weird, and then they were they didn't pay us on Christmas and things like that. Uh, so that sucks. But then like I think back to all the stuff that I learned there, and then you know I I I quit that job. So it's like all right, I did what I was supposed to do, and they did pay us, but you know, it just took them longer than expected because they were going, running out of money because the game wasn't great. It wasn't that good. And can you mention the game? Are we allowed to mention Firefall? it? Oh, it's Firefall. We said oh, we were okay. to Fred. That was all the game <laughs> okay, I had. Okay. Is... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I played it a bit. It was pretty, it was, it was all right. It just had no, it just had no direction. There's, there was, we constantly pivoted on design. There was no main directive. And I think our, our, our leadership really kind of failed us in a lot of ways where, you know, they were doing a lot of other projects that weren't supposed to be happening um, that kind of took away from the, the game. And then, yeah, and it was just, it was also just, it could have been staffing too. I mean, we hired a lot of um, MMO designers like World of Warcraft and Dungeons and Dragons and stuff to make a shooter. And it's like, that's probably not that great of a fit. Oh, um, yeah. In retrospect, I mean, it, it, it's it's possible that it could have worked out if they were given the um, the freedom to do what they want. But I think maybe there was too much freedom at that company, um, and so no one really took responsibility for anything. So it just kind of devolved into uh, chaos. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, because I remember when uh, you made or when you were working there, they made a lot of like videos that video production was like pretty good <laughs> well that was the thing right like they had two red cameras to make youtube videos and it's like why are you using red cameras to make youtube videos <laughs> <laughs> well i mean with all that money money from china that's probably well that money wasn't supposed to be for that though it was supposed to be for the game and uh, the, uh... the leader of that maybe wasn't using it to how he was supposed to be using the money <laughs> I see, I see. So there's that. So there's that territory, huh? Yeah, there's still oh. people are people are some people are just you know Wait. no no good. Yeah, that company is that still around? No. Oh, okay. Because I know you had a bunch of friends there, and they're, yeah, they're no, they anymore. yeah, no, no. The company finished, I think, a, a while ago. I mean, they've tried to go into adult entertainment, uh, but I don't know games? if that. Uh, I don't think games. I think um, all <laughs> I, like, the only the I'm only. <laughs> yeah, the only anecdote I heard is that from someone there that had to record audio of a girl eating a cheeseburger. So, so that's, okay. that's, that's all I had. That's all I had. Cheeseburger. Wink, wink. You know, it was seriously a cheeseburger just to get the noises. Oh. <laughs> I don't know if it was like fetish stuff or what, but it's still. I was just like, all right. I mean, oh. I don't care. I mean, I'll work for like, any company. I don't. My my moral standards are pretty low. <laughs> so but if you work for like a, a porn industry, I pretty I heard that you can't get out of it. I mean, like it's really hard. I don't know, to, if they pay if they pay me money, I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> no, I mean it's hard for you to find another job. That because like, uh, where's your last job? You know, yeah. Oh, I mean, work at the surprisingly, porn ten years. Su- Surprisingly, there is a lot of um, religious uh, stuff in the game industry, which is something, you know, you probably don't really think that would, that would be a thing. But there's a lot more religious people than I thought there would be. In the game um, industry? Yeah, which maybe contributes to that. Well, I feel like, too, in the game industry, um, the okay, 
I, I feel like I don't know if this is right, but like a lot of the lobbies are a lot of like, and I hate to bring politics into it, but like the social, the social type people, and then the the top ones are more the conservative, like liberal and conservative. You know, it's, I mean, that's I the like, thing they say. Like as you're younger, you're usually more liberal, and then as you get older, then you become more conservative. Yeah. and then like you know, at a certain level, most people are younger, right, in this industry. So um, that just kind of comes with. <laughs> the territory and you just kind of have to know what you're getting into when you get into it. There is, there is some politics involved with, I mean, not like, you know, real politics, but you know, like office yeah. politics involved in, mm-hmm. in some places, like the place I'm at right now, I don't think has that much, or I just don't even know about it, but you know, you just kind of have to stop caring at yeah. a point. <laughs> again, like you said, you know, eventually it's work and yeah. you have to kind of disassociate yourself with, what's work, what's hobby and what's like personal. Right. Because, yeah. And that's the thing too. That's why, like when I think about it, sometimes I'm like, you, you're at work, you have work, but then you build friendships and then things could get personal, but then it's your hobby. So has, do you think that kind of impact you in any way where you don't want to game when you get home or. No, I don't think don't so. Mind? I mean, it, I mean, I play, I play games still. I play, yeah. I usually play, like a lot of the current games, you know, cause I like, it's, it's part of my job also, right. To stay current and to know like, what is, what are other companies doing? What are competitors doing? Yeah. Um, but it's also, I mean, I, I, I enjoy playing games as much as I enjoy making them. Right. So that's kind of just the passion that comes with, with me anyway. It's just, I'm just very passionate about video games. If you ever see when you're playing another game, you go like, Oh, I found a bug. I've got to report that. no, I, I just kind of throw it away and I'm like, like whatever. And just, it's off, off the clock. I don't really care right now. That's so is it, is it more glaring to you when you do see a bug though on other games? No, not really. I mean, you kind of uh, can develop a way to kind of just shut your brain off and just forget about that kind of stuff. I mean, that's, I that's one thing that's really nice about the job is that, you know, I don't bring my work home with me. It's, it's at work and I don't have to, do, and it's, it's also probably different too, right? Cause I am testing for the yeah. most part right now, mobile games. Um, and I don't usually play mobile games anyway, so it still leaves like the the AAA titles and stuff like that for me to play. It's the future, man. Mobile games. The future. Always gonna be futures, man. Everything. I don't know. It, well, the phones are getting as strong as DSs. Come on. Right? Yeah, but the consoles are gonna get stronger too, though. No, I know, but I mean, I don't think mobile's competing with consoles. I'm, I think no. they're in the handheld market. Yeah, they're different. I think. I, th- right? I mean, they're not. They're not quite. I don't think as. I mean, I just have this thing, this theory about like I think mobile games kind of treat the the gaming space as different, and I think they should treat them like regular games. Like, there's no reason for them to be separate from from other games too. Especially like as phones get better, that they could make better games, and we don't have to always have just fucking like match three games or. But that's you know. the thing, you know. I feel like there's no company out there that's willing to be like, all right, we're a premium mobile company. Here's yeah. a fucking twenty dollar game for mobile. It's full fledged single player, multiplayer. Like we figured out all the kinks yeah. and everything, you know. Where like, Enix does that. They sell other games for like fifteen dollar plus. But aren't they ports? Most of them. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking about like a game like new stuff for mobile. Well, I think that's yeah. really that's a, that's a hard sell, right? Like if you go to a CEO of a company to say, hey can you spend millions of dollars to make this cool game that'll go on a phone and maybe be good? Cause like it hasn't really been proven out yet. Right. It's it, it versus going to a CEO of a company and be like, Hey, 
if you make this match three game, we're probably we're guaranteed to make ten million dollars in the first year if we're at the bottom ten percent of the apps on the app store. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like oh, okay, then you're gonna go with like the sure thing, right? Yeah, um, so, it's, it's, so it's a lot harder for you. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the finance. The finance. Yeah. So like, I know I know that you said I remember when you were working at Red Five, like once you release your micro transact like your micro shop, mm-hmm. like didn't you guys make like three mil at like first day or some shit like that? Like No, we didn't make that much money. I don't I don't think Red Five ever made that much that much money. I don't know a hundred percent for sure, but I know that like we did have it on Steam and then if any for any game that's on Steam, they, they take a thirty percent cut of of what you make so i think that's probably why like you know the epic store is come is going around and i think maybe they charge less for the um for their their services and stuff like that yeah but but i mean with that comes a lot of like marketing and stuff from from valve or steam that that gives you like oh we'll put you on the front page this day or whatever um so So there's that and then there's like you know the companies that finance other companies like like the Chinese companies that like Tencent and um, who are the other ones? I forget the other, some of the other ones that they own a lot of companies around. I think uh, Tencent owns Riot, right? I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, they own Riot or they have okay. stake in Riot. Yeah, and I think they have uh, Blizzard stake too, right? I thought Activision had. Well, I think there's also a, a, some some Chinese money in there too. Oh. Um, but I mean, I don't. Uh, the place I'm at is totally independent it's these two guys that are freaking awesome and they just finance bankroll us with their own money which is pretty cool it's like that's kind of like the dream scenario where you're not beholden to anyone yeah yeah and so when when it becomes like a company that owns you then you all of a sudden you have to talk to there's like stockholders involved and there's a lot more other stuff and especially when you're working with like foreign governments like how they're like whatever their laws are over there, then it gets a little iffy when it comes to like your your treatment of your employees on this side. And like, are you talking about like that? Are you referring to that China thing in Kotaku? Where wait, was it China or like the PUBG thing? Are you talking mm-hmm. about that? I don't know. Where I was talking more PUBG? like kind of oh. Red Five, where where it was owned by a Chinese company. So like, even if they didn't pay us, we couldn't really do anything because they would they would just retreat to China and then there's no litigation that you can take against them. Right. There's no, oh, okay. there's no, there's nothing you can do. You're kind of just kind of at their whim and that sucks that, I mean, <laughs> so it's kind of like, I don't want to be in that situation ever again. So you make sure people that are making uh, games get angel investors or Kickstarter, right? Kickstarter is a good thing to do. You think? Yeah, I, I think Kickstarter is cool, but I, I mean, personally, I don't kickstart anything. Um, just because I've, I've, I hear too many stories about like how you know people don't get their things or whatever. But then I also have a problem with Kickstarter when when big companies go on Kickstarter and try to kickstart something. I'm like, that's not for you. You have people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that's like you shouldn't be there. Like that, I shouldn't. I don't think they should be allowed to be there. To well, I feel to like try to those big companies made. are like people in the higher ups that have like you know that that if they were to make something on Kickstarter, they wouldn't get in trouble because they're higher up. But then, you know, they have an idea that they can't push to the company, so they make their own game. Yeah, I mean, like it, that, or is it legit? Well, like, I think I think no, I think Blizzard, there's some games on Blizzard's there. Gonna do this. Yeah, I think like there were some games on there from like Square or something. They were like, "We want to make this game," and it's like, "But you're Square, you can make that game." <laughs> bastards! <Those> bastards! <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what 
was I going to say? Oh, so when it comes to like microtransactions, do in the gaming industry, what's like the projected amount that they ex- people expect to get? It seems like any com- every company does microtransactions and that equates to money. Like how come yeah, uh, I mean- how come like some people like Call of Duty are they just greedy that they are charging like a dollar for a red dot or no, I mean, you got to think about like all the stuff that goes into making that too, right? Like there's like the art assets that go involved in that. So that's the artist payroll. That's yeah. the, the, the designer who had to design it, the, the programmer that had to put it into that had to like, you know, put it into the game, like all that other stuff, all the time that it takes to, to put in it too. Cause time's not free. Right. Yeah. So it, the point of having them cost money is okay. But I mean, I don't know. I, th- I'm kind of like on the fence about micro transactions and stuff like that and how they kind of interface with games. I don't know. <laughs> I see. I you see. think there's an alternative to that? Not that I can think of. I mean, I honestly can't think of one. I mean, ads maybe. I don't know. There's just ads being there and be like, hey, watch this ad and you get to do this. Because I mean, there's a lot to be said about ad revenue in games. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's It's a rough one. Mm, I see. Because I have a hard time, you know, if you pay $60 for a game to go pay some more money just to add a little bit more stuff to that game. It's kind of not cool. Yeah. Um, Especially like when there's DLC and stuff for that game also, and it's not even in the DLC. And it's like, well, well, then what am I really getting here? Yeah. So, so, um, oh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to ask. So, oh, are some microtransaction items, do you think? Have they been made prior to, like, do they make the items and then they kind of like separate? Okay, these are going to be from in the base game. Oh yeah, yeah, be, absolutely, oh. yeah, yeah. They make those assets are made way in advance, and they they're decided what they're going to do with, right? Because it's like it's separate entities that are asking for those objects, right? Like those are yeah. the ones that are in the game are part of the game, and then the ones that are extra are from like marketing or whatever they want, like a cool color skin on this yeah. gun or whatever. Yeah. So like that's made separately by a different department usually. Um, See, it can be the same guy. Yes, though, right? I, I mean, that shouldn't be fair. If you, I think like if you're going to develop a game, like either delay it or or like I I don't think it's fair to make DLC when um and charge for it when you already have it. Does that does that make sense? Like like I I agree you should charge for it if you had to make it prior to like after the release. Yeah, yeah I mean I know what you're saying, but I don't I don't know it's because yeah I I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it should be included. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also because like I'm saying, right? It's a, it's. You know, you're signed up for a certain amount of work, and sometimes yeah. that work doesn't fit necessarily into the sprint that that game is made, right? Then, it, yeah. then you have to kind of delay it to another section, or you're taking away time from other things to make that thing. So, I mean, there is some value to that, um, but I don't, like, I don't know what it is. I can't, yeah. I can't put a number on it. <laughs> we'll just have to wait till there's a new business model, I guess, because that's like the end thing now is the. the yeah, I think for a while, yeah, it was like subscriptions stuff like that with like wow and yeah and city of heroes and stuff like that so i think like people really got into that and then when everyone tried to copy it then people kind of got sick of it they had to find a new way to kind of to to kind of get money so then they added microtransactions so now this is another time it's just a matter of time till we get sick of this and then they try to figure out something else something else yeah okay so it seems like uh we're 
going over the time. Uh, do you have any more questions for Dale Kenny? Anything you want to ask him real quick? I think we covered everything we needed to cover. This is really good. Really, really good. Very insightful. Yeah. And then, um, so one thing too, Dale, we, we end the podcast with uh, a core question. And since we got okay. you here, the core question that we pulled was, uh, what are some dirty tricks used by the video game industry? Uh, dirty any, tricks? Anything you want to answer this Quora question? Uh, well, there's still some like there's some stuff from the games I work on because they're like gambling games where <laughs> where you're given a set you have a set amount of money, right? Yeah. And so you go to like say a blackjack table and it bets a percentage of your how much your total money for you automatically. Like it'll put it on the table for you because it in hopes that you forget uh to rebet and you just hit the button and you and you get that money gone <laughs> oh that's, that's, <laughs> so that's a little dirty but it's it's it, you should be paying attention to what you're doing also <laughs> if you care that much you should pay attention <laughs> so okay so here's some of the answers right so one guy wrote abstraction of currency most popular dirty trick i see being used is the abstraction of currency this means that in most games that feature microtransactions you're first required to buy in-game currency, such as gems, yeah. diamonds. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's because be so the reason for that. Game. The reason okay. for that is because you're you're more likely to say no to a purchase if it has real money attached to it, because you actually know the value of a dollar, right? Uh, but who knows the who knows the value of a credit? Who knows true. the value of so so you're more likely to be less attached to that money yeah. if you're spending it if it's if it's a um if it's not. Yeah. A dollar amount. That's what he says right here. He says, game designers know that once you have converted 50 bucks to 10,000 gems, you will no longer think about those gems as cash. And when yeah, you, that's they exactly offer what it to is. sell you a new item for 2,000 gems, you're more likely to buy it than if it was priced at 10 bucks. Yes. Oh, interesting. All right, people. So remember what you're buying. Uh, and then I guess someone else wrote, purchase-based matchmaking. Imagine you went to a restaurant and because you ordered a cheap item, you were seated next to a person who ordered the lobster or prime cut of steak. Many companies will put players that haven't purchased any DLC into the same category as those that have flashy skins or have bought OP weapons. It's ridiculous. When I play a game, I'm playing a game for fun with my peers. Is that so, true, you think? So Activision tried to do that. For some of ours, like in the mobile industry, I can speak to that a little bit, is because we do that because... Once you spend money, you're more li- you're more likely to keep spending money. So, of course, we're going to devote more devote more time and energy into getting you to spend more money than we are to get to, to get some random guy to spend a dollar that he's never spent in the two years that he's played the game. So we we offer them better deals. We offer them different sales. If they if they're a high spender, maybe we offer them bigger bigger packages for them to buy with their money because they are a spender. If you're not a spender. And and you you probably if the game's out for a while you're not a spender you're probably never going to be so why should we care about you yeah and 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 for lack of a better term right like you're not going to spend we know you're not going to spend so we're not going to waste that time on you and we're going to go to the ones that give us money so okay. well but, but this guy's saying that you'll be matchmaked with someone that's been like whales that spend a lot of money so yeah. it'll force you to. Feel like oh man, I should I should buy this to get an edge too. Do you think that's the case or? I don't I don't know I don't know what that person's talking like what game that person's talking about because yeah. I mean I my my vision of like pay to win it, it 
versus theirs is probably way different. Um, oh, I see. I, I'm very loose on my description of pay to win versus some of these people are very, very uh, strict on their, their definitions of pay to win. What's I your see, definition? Uh, if, if you can't get that item by any other means, that is pay to win. If you can get it through time, no matter how much time it is, it's not pay to win. Even if it's a shitty item? And you yeah. lose? And it's pay yep. to lose? Yep. Oh, what if it's like, <laughs> what if it's like a really powerful weapon? You can just pay for that and get it now. Yeah. Or you can pay for 100 hours and get it. I mean, that's if it was just that you could, you have to play or you... But what if it's to compete? Let's say there's like ranking. You could, you could play on ranked with purchased items and then... Or you could, you know... Right, like day one, you can either purchase the, the, the high damage weapon or like go through like 50 hours of grinding. Yeah, I still don't think that's pay to win. No, I don't think so. Dang. All right, guys. Whoa. So that's not pay to win. All right. So don't complain when you see that. In happening. my book. In my book. Okay. <laughs> all right. So that was, a, that was a good episode. What do you think? Okay. You think that was good? I thought it was great. Very, great, very yeah. Important. And then entertaining. Thank you, thank you again to our uh, guest Dale for coming on here and yeah. Hopefully, I didn't put some... my foot in my mouth too many times. No, I know you didn't. <laughs> you know, and then uh, when you listen to this again, then you can tell us, hey, edit that, and we'll be like, all right, we'll make sure. <laughs> I'm gonna get fired. <laughs> we'll make sure we clear the volume so they can hear him clearly. <laughs> but <laughs> but yeah, so uh, this is episode five of Hold Up AFK. Again, we are on Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google. I think that's it i always i keep on saying we'll be on itunes we're never gonna be on itunes it's the fifth episode but also we also have an instagram um kenny has a red bubble up soon you could buy his artwork right kenny so uh yeah any any other last words guys no nothing okay okay so thanks everybody for listening whoever listened um and we'll talk to you next time all right see you